Thank you. Well, Minnesota, California, and uh, Colorado meet each other. I mean, this is uh, this is gorgeous uh, for me, anyway. Just to to have all these uh, familiar faces, some of which go back a few years, um, many years, some of whom I've, I've actually was the greeter when they walked in the first time. So just kind of pretty cool. Um, I am Charlie, a compulsive emotional eater. Uh, I learned how to say the emotional part of only about three or four years ago. Uh, and I'm going to get emotional, damn it. Uh, but it just, uh, it, you know, it's just, it, it's been a, a journey uh, for me. Uh, 36 years, imperfect, uh, but consistently improving, I think, a program of 12-step recovery. And um, everyone's, I had an interrupt period of about five years or six, seven, eight years of fat serenity, um, but um, happily got through that. I, I was eating really healthy, but a whole lot of healthy, and started to gain back quite a bit of weight. Um, I uh, Today I weigh less than I did when I was a junior in high school, so I mean that's, that's been the journey, and it's about 60 pounds um, net-net. Uh, I've lost more than once, <laughs> but uh, um, so it's really been uh, it's been an amazing journey for me and the people. Uh, as this screen shows, are from all over all over the place. Um, I travel a lot, so I've met uh, people, I, and I go to meetings wherever I go, and so that's been a, a real gift for me to to be able to connect with so many people. And um, so Carlsbad and Roseville, California. Minnesota, Wisconsin, yeah, and uh, on and on. So in, in Colorado for the last 14 years, it's been a joy. Um, the, the thing that I got to in my planning was, um, uh, in a, in, in, and by the way, because of this journey, keep that journey thought in mind, because this is an ongoing thing, you know, and progress, not perfection. So, um, uh, it was about my 27th year when I finally got the willingness to write down what I ate. And um, I could never plan ahead. I mean, I'm just not that good at that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm an inventor. I'm a creative. And that kind of organizing has just never fallen on my plate, literally. <laughs> so, uh, But I, I committed to writing down what I ate in any given day. And... Uh, that became a, a real saving grace for me. Uh, it really helped a lot over the last many years. Um, and I've been very rigorous about that for some strange reason. I do, I'll even go back a day or two or three if I remember something that I ate that I forgot to write down. It just, just because in the awareness that came with that has been the gift, the awareness of knowing what I'm doing with the food and, and uh, what my choices have been. So. Anyway, a little bit of back, background. Uh, I am the firstborn of two firstborns, um, German Catholics. And uh, so I drank a lot of Kool-Aid early on. And I wound up going into the seminary. And that's another page in my story. Uh, my dad was the uh, firstborn of, um, of an of a, a, a orphan. So the whole like, concept of parenting and managing, and it was pretty much command and control and quite a bit of anger 
quick to anger, quick to judge, and quick to punish. So um, that was uh, that was kind of the early days, and and I think I can even go back into those early days and see where I started to use food just to to be safe. You know, we had a pantry, pantry. I, I grew up in Chicago. That was my Chicago age. Just like down pantry. Uh, we had a pantry in the house, and um, we even had an icebox. Some of you younger folks won't even know what that means, but we had an ice man come three times a week and give us a big chunk of ice to keep things cool. But in that pantry, it was dark and it was safe. I snacked a lot. So anyway, so lots of confusion as a kid. Um, I wound up uh, going through, in, entering into and going through a seminary system. Uh, to study to be a priest. Uh, I've met a problem called Maria, who's on the screen here, and it's the best problem I've ever had. And um, back to my dad briefly, uh, after he did not come to the wedding, couldn't in his mind, nor did a brother of mine. So it was, uh, it was an interesting challenge within the family. Um, I met my dad shortly after the wedding, and uh, <laughs> he called Maria a seductrix. <laughs> and uh, the funny part about that, if I can laugh, if I get over the, the emotion of this, I said to him, Dad, you give me no credit whatsoever. <laughs> it kind of shut him up. So anyway. Um, so it, it was just, it was tough. It was tough in that family environment. Um, I finally wrote to him once after many years in recovery. I was still back in St. Paul and I wrote him a letter um, asking him to tell me that he loved me. And uh, the first thing I knew, I got a phone call from my mom telling me that my dad did love me. <laughs> I said, Mom, it's got to come from Dad. And uh, it finally did. And in his final days, uh, in his later life, my mom uh, wound up with a terminal situation with lupus, and my dad became a caregiver. He never uh, forgave Maria for stealing me, but uh, he did become a pretty generous soul, at least on the home front with my mom. So that, uh, that was nice. Um, I, uh, the emotional thing, you know, I've talked about that a little bit, so... Uh, and it, it was mostly uh, food, but mostly sweets that became, you know, the comfort foods. So, uh, um, so what I'm going to do now is kind of go back through the journey, but do it in terms of the steps. Monica did that a couple months ago, and I thought that was really an interesting way to take a look at, um, you know, how we, where we were, and how we come along. So uh, the first step is admitting powerlessness over food. And I think my first dieting was in college. Um, I began, I began, will, you know, became willing to try to get healthy. Um, and actually, I sold the the nuns at the at the seminary a bill of goods about a the grapefruit diet. They believed me, you know. So I was getting grapefruit and, and protein for months, um, and uh, I made it sound like the doctor told me to do that. So. Uh, uh, and so I lost some weight and all that. So that was my first attempt. I later got into Weight Watchers. Um, uh, 
I'm not real proud of that journey. Uh, one of the things I did once to, to, to come in and make a weight thing and get my little diamond chip, they gave you diamond chips in those days. Uh, I actually started giving myself enemas before the weigh-ins and uh, not proud of that, but uh, that's the kind of stupid shit that you get caught in in this thing. Put a staple in my ear one time. Uh, the fact that the doctor weighed over 300 pounds did not stop me from getting the staple. <laughs> you know, just kind of like, you know, anything, looking for a solution, looking for a solution. Um, and ultimately, I got to a point where I couldn't get out of bed in the morning without pain. My, my knees and my ankles were just uh, tired of, of the pounding because I was running um, to try to, you know, so I could eat or I would run because I ate, overate. And um, I later found out that there's a thing called exercise bulimia, and I'm sure that's probably what I was involved in at that time. Happily, I had a lot of friends in uh, Minnesota. It was a big recovery community because Hazleton was there. <clears throat> and um, so I had friends in AA recovery. And they, uh, they were telling me that, you know, I said, geez, that would be nice if there was something, you know, maybe I could try that. Plus, it was free. You know, you didn't have to pay because I had joined every freaking club, YMCA, the European Health Spa, et cetera, et cetera. And I was in for a bit, and then I would leave, um, but never, never again. So I walked into my first meeting on a Saturday morning in 1984, August 24th, and I was home. It was uh, pretty amazing. And, uh, you know, the people there, there's the, a handful of people sitting around a table, but it was, uh, it was just, I just, they knew me and I knew them. And what I heard was just so unconditional and so accepting and so uh, comforting. So it was really a, a sweet, sweet experience. So that, you know, yesterday in the Voices of Recovery, there was a line in there that said, I'm powerless over food. And that was true. But I'm not over, I'm not powerless over footwork. And that, I thought that was such a, our group, the Tuesday morning group played with that one. And I mean, it was really interesting. And I, I don't know how many times I read Voices of Recovery, but that was the first time that that thing jumped off the page. And, uh, and I think it is the footwork that, uh, saves us you know it's the meetings where we learn uh the truth about ourselves and mostly from the sharing of somebody else and the vulnerability the honesty and uh and then it's the it's the the footwork you know, the willingness to go through the steps and get a sponsor and do all those bits and pieces that make sense the second step came to believe <clears throat> that was an interesting challenge for me because i uh, i was a uh, like I say, I had the strong Catholic training and background, and a um, um, lot of lot of training in that. And and my God and my dad, I realized that my God and my dad had a lot in common. You know, quick to judge, quick to punish, angry a lot. And um, happily, I ran into the somebody gave me permission early on. I think within the first three or four months in the program, they said, "If you don't like your God, fire him and start over." And that just gave me all kinds of wonderful permission. And um, and initially, it was the group that became my higher power because there was so much generosity of spirit in there. And 
and and the uh, the openness and the sharing and and unconditional, very unconditional. So it uh, it was pretty significant. Then we came on to the third step, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God. Um, and that's an interesting one. I, you know, I'm a self-starter. I'm a firstborn. Maria and I are self-employed, you know, self, self, self. And so the idea of having to let go and trust some other source or resources is an interesting challenge. Um, Happily, uh, my my awareness of a higher power has morphed over the years and has moved from, you know, from the group, the gentle gentle appreciation of a group to um, to more of a feminine and you know generous person, you know, more like my mom than my dad, and uh, and then now it's just a, a presence. There's a, there's something in around and available. And I can, if I can tap into that, I can be sane. And that's, that's my gift and my goal. There's a translation of the Psalm 100 that just plays in my mind all the time. And two of the lines that jump out of the page for me are, love created us and we are born to be loving expressions. And uh, so to me, that's it. That, you know, that's, if I can stay connected to that, I can be of service, I can be connected, I can admit my faults, I can, you know, make amends, you know, there's all kinds of things I can do in that kind of thing. And I can also have compassion, I can be available for, you know, to sponsor and to listen and not always direct. Um, the fourth step about inventory, <clears throat> I had some familiarity about General confessions from my Catholic upbringing. You were supposed to do that once a year and tell all truths about yourself. Uh, but I, and, and so initially I, I just had one of those Al Anon booklets and I went through that, their four step stuff. Uh, and, and then I gave it away to a Catholic priest. So why not? That's what you do. But the second time around, um, and Doug was a part of that journey. Um, Doug and, and Tom, and a couple of other guys, brought uh, the Joe and Charlie uh, AA, you know, blood and guts, six weeks, you know, pages and pages to fill out and, uh, and, and process. And it was really, it was really amazing uh, because it not only talked about, say, fear or whatever, whatever the thing was, but it would talk about it from the perspective of self-esteem or selfishness, or relationships, or emotions, or honesty, or self-seeking. So you know you're constantly processing the, whatever that defect was from one of those perspectives, and that was wonderful. That was a great experience for me. And um, in the fifth step, you admit to God, to yourself, and to another human being <clears throat> the nature of your wrongs. Like I said, I gave the first fifth step away to a priest. Uh, who is a wonderfully generous soul who just passed away in St. Paul last week or last month. But uh, he, he, his concept of God and love is so wonderful and embracing. So it was a good experience, but it was very traditional. <clears throat> but the second time was with my sponsor. We went for a nice long walk. And, uh, and I just remember, you know, spilling the beans and, uh, 
And at the end, I uh, walked away, and I just was kind of, you know, foot off the ground, you know, kind of just like he knows everything about me. He still likes me. And that's pretty powerful. So um, that was that was amazing. Um, the sixth step is is really interesting. I you know the big book to, you know su suggests that we have entirely ready to have God remove our defects of character. And you're supposed to do the sixth step right after the fifth step after you give it away. And uh, so I you know, I would read it and I sit down and be silent. Okay, I did it. All of a sudden, it's starting to occur to me that it's it is a, an availability thing. You know that if I'm ready and I'm, I'm willing to have God enter into any of these moments, this has only taken about thirty-five years. So, you know, hang loose, folks. It's <laughs> if if you pray for help in the given moment, I often get it. You know, whether it's whether a, another bite of food or ending a meal or or you know trying to stay out of an argument or whatever. Uh, it's uh, it, it's it's there, and in in that presence that you know. So the combination of coming to a, a sense of presence of love, generosity of spirit, all that, plus you know, say okay, I yeah, I need help. You know, I need help in this moment. Uh, has really worked for me. The seventh step: humbly ask God to remove these defects. You know, it's pretty cool. Um, and I have, I love the seven step prayer and I have never been able to memorize it. It just blows my mind. I, I don't know. I say it every morning and uh, I say the third step prayer every morning too. I do a quick first, second, and third step, right? First thing, you know, I can't, God can't let them, you know, that's, that's pretty easy. And uh, so the, uh, the, but the one line in there is about being useful to God and to my fellows. And that has really, that rings the bell for me every time. And uh, and that's something that has become a part of who I am, I think. Uh, but, I'm, I'm, you know, I'll have to check in with Maria afterwards and see how much truth I'm telling here. <laughs> um, the eighth and ninth step, make a list of those who were harmed and then became willing to make amends. Um, hard work, ownership. Um, Lots of living amends today uh, because, you know, I'm, I'm doing, I do a, a 10th step in the morning when I write. I do gratitudes and 10th and step um, every morning. And uh, that, that keeps me grounded. And, uh, and, and a lot of times I can do it in the moment. I can at least back off uh, from engaging. Uh, but it, uh, it's, 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 Nice to have that that routine and that possibility. Um, the owning uh, the the tenth step, uh, continue to take inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. One of my friends back in Minnesota was Bruce. Uh, he died untimely with a brain tumor, but he was he's the guy that pointed me to uh, the twelve steps. He he showed he was an AA guy and a sponsor to a lot of peeps. And uh, he showed up the first time I told my story back in St. Paul. And he, you know, he was kind of my first sponsor, if you will, before I made that first phone call and finally reached out and talked to somebody within the program. And um, his, his thing was make a good four step, Charlie, 
and then live in the 10th step. And, uh, and I think that's, that has been a guide for me for, uh, these many years. Um, and, uh, it, it's, uh, it's really worked. Um, and, and I, and I, I'm grateful for his counseling and coaching as I was getting involved in this thing. Uh, I mentioned writing. Um, yeah, I got it. Thanks. Um, thanks, Robin. The, um, writing, I mentioned writing down the food finally. It only took 27 years. It took 30 years to admit that I was an emotional eater. You know, so it is a journey. And uh, 11 steps saw through prayer and meditation. Um, this was, you know, it was funny. I was trained in meditation in the Jesuit system uh, in the seminary. And um, it was very rigorous and very detailed. Uh, now I've gotten into where writing is just my contact. Uh, and so I call it an active meditation or active contemplation. I have readings every morning that I do uh, from both the uh, For Today and Voices of Recovery. And also, um, um, the, uh, I, I, there's a spiritual writer that I follow who's helpful for me. Uh, and that's become the, the juice that begins my days. Um, the, uh, and then, as I mentioned, I do the, the with before, even before the writing, I do the first three steps and I say the third step and seventh step prayers. Um, Lynn, I see your smiling face. Uh, the other day gave us a new version of the serenity prayer. And it, it's ringing true for me. God grant me the serenity to accept the person I cannot change. The courage to change the one I can. And the wisdom to know that that one is me. Uh, bingo, you know. It's, you know, it's, it's so much easier to... Uh, to be, uh, in, you know, expect everybody else to change and, and not deal with the fact that uh, um, that's where it comes from. Um, in the Voices of Recovery this morning is, uh, is a, a line about the source of wisdom inside me as we recover. Um, there is a... Uh, um, it's it's real. I mean, that's that's that tapping into that I'm finally getting in touch with on a somewhat regular basis. And then the twelfth step, having had a spiritual awakening, you try to carry the message. Um, I, ours is a message of attraction, uh, which is great. Uh, uh, it is uh, also uh, you can carry the message through things like sponsoring, uh, which is wonderful. Um, there are not a lot of men in OA, so sponsoring has been sporadic for me. Uh, but right now I have a number of folks uh, involved in, in a relation, sponsoring relationship, which has been very satisfying. The challenge, of course, for me is you can't suggest anything that you're not doing yourself, you know, which is kind of a, a level of honesty that's quite important. Uh, but I learn from the others in their shares. I learn from what they're talking about. Um, you know, that's, that's just a beautiful piece for me. Um, I also learned all kinds of 
interesting things along the way, you know, buying and selling cars is a compulsion. I thought I was just a good deal maker, but it was keeping me from family and spouse. And, uh, and so over the last, I don't know how many years now, it's, I used to buy two, three, four or five a year. Um, now I'm, I'm down to one every five or six years. So it's a pretty good deal. All because of the program and all because of being in a meeting and listening to somebody else's share about their, their addictive behaviors. Um, slowly, progress, not perfection. I think that I love that. And the word journey again, you know, this is the, it's a search. Um, and it's, it's, it's for a better, not a perfect. Uh, and that's, I think, really, uh, trying to bring my real true self, Charlie, uh, to a moment, uh, not, not some effect. Doug taught me a long time ago the word image management, and I got pretty good at that. In fact, we wound up buying a very large house to prove to the world that how good I was doing. I seduced my wife into believing that was a good idea. Took three years to get out of it and some depression. So it is a journey. It took that 27 years to write food down. It took 30 years to admit that I'm an emotional leader. God knows what tomorrow will bring. But I'll be on the meeting at 6, six California time because that's where I am right now. We have meet, Our group meets. Uh, and that was the other thing. In Minnesota, I met once a week and I was almost cured. Now I meet three times a week and I have work to do. So I don't know. <laughs> Talk to me. <laughs> so anyway, there you go. The one thing I know for sure, and I say this often in our meetings in, Minnesota, in Colorado, is uh, we are so good for each other. And uh, you have saved my life. Thank you.